everyone. This is You Be You and I'll Be Me, Jen Kesnick here. And today I'm sitting with my friend Laura Fabrizio to talk about the Merch's Bay project that Laura's been involved with since the beginning. Uh, so Laura, thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So how did you get involved? Um, it started over a slice of pizza. Oh, like all great things do. <laughs> exactly. What better food to start a, a business on or a non-for-profit organization on? Um, my partner and very longtime friend, Aram, Aram Tartunian, invited me over for pizza with the, um, with the idea of starting the Marcia's Bay Project. Um, included in that little pizza lunch was Dwight Surrigan, who is instrumental in making the project what it is today. Um, Aaron believed that we needed to do something about the quality of water in our bay um, and thought that the three of us would be a good team to make that happen. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it is. I'm really proud of what we've accomplished. I'm really proud of the awareness we brought to the community, um, um, especially with kids. It's been a really, really rewarding um, experience for me. That's really nice. And it really is important to get the kids involved right away so they grow up understanding how important it is. They're our future. Right. I mean, that's no secret. Right. And um, that was three years ago? We are going into our fourth summer. Nice. Um, And so the Mauritius Bay Project is a non-for-profit, 501c3. Um, We're grassroots, and um, we believe in improving the water quality in our local bays. Mm -hmm. Um, We do that most primarily through oyster farming and eelgrass planting. And um, as I've said, one of the things we feel is most important is to get the community aware and to educate our children. So what we do is we use our community and our children and our schools and our Boy Scouts and any other organization to be our um, workers, yeah. to be the ones that are making the oyster farm, to be the ones that are planting the eelgrass. And um, we go to the school, so we go to the schools and we teach the kids to be base stewards and we empower them to talk about what we do so um, that they can, too, help spread awareness That's on, amazing. on our project. And pique curiosity into, you know, possible careers for themselves someday. You know, I'm really, really proud of that. I've had two moms in the last three and a half years tell me that I have influenced they were both girls, both their daughters, um, and they've actually changed their their thoughts about what they want to do wow. um, for a career. So the mentoring part is what... Yeah, that's very rewarding. Exactly, especially for me and my personality. Yeah, and for you know young women. Yes. That's amazing. Well, empowering You can, you can be a scientist if you want to. Absolutely. I mean, empowering women is what we should be doing as women, so yeah. I believe in that. Me too. That's awesome. And... How does the bay get polluted to begin with? Like, what is it? Um, well, I should probably have guessed I'm not a scientist. Right. But um, the nitrates um, and the pollutions are... So from runoff from people's lawns? Runoffs from people's lawns, uh, boat engines, okay. people. Yeah. We are the biggest culprit to the bay. Right. Um, we are depleting it of uh, oysters. We are not taking care of it when we're there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we, you know, we do is we oyster farm. And one adult oyster actually filters 50 gallons of water every single day. That's amazing. So we've put in roughly about 400,000 oysters. That's crazy. So, you know. We're, it's making we're, a difference. It is. It's making a difference. Um, and we have currently four farms One is at the Yacht Club in Mauritius. Mm -hmm. One is right here at our community center on Dune Road for the BBPA. One is over in West Hampton Beach at Lashley, and the other is um, at the Overlook 
um, that Brookhaven has in uh, on Dune Road. Oh, great! Um, and recently, we've started doing flupsies. So last year, we put in uh, two flupsies. And if you don't know what a flupsie yeah, is, yeah, I do not know what a flupsie a, is. A is <laughs> I love the name flupsie. Um, a flupsie is a floating upweller, and oh, okay. basically, what it, it looks like is a floating dock. Mm-hmm. It's um, wood, and we we have two currently. One is over in Windswept Marina. Um, and one is over the quag dock. So you need some sort of dock or to tie it to because um, it, it's like a square floating dock. Right. And um, there's a small engine on the bottom of it, and we put the baby oysters or clams into the barrows. There's 10 barrows in each, flo- in each flopsy. And what the engine does is it turns up the bottom of the bay and it brings the food and the nutrients to the top so the oysters grow stronger and faster, which means that we can be putting, and healthier, and which means we can be putting more oysters in the bay in a shorter period of time. So we're really hoping that we're going to be able to start to double the numbers that we've been doing. That's amazing. Um, And a flopsy can hold between 80 and 100,000 oysters and rough up to 500,000 clams. Wow. So uh, an, an average farm only can hold home about 20,000 oysters. Mm-hmm. So not only do they grow faster, but we can also house more. So it's, it's a win-win for us. So they're grown in these flopsies and then moved to... Then they're moved to the bay. Um, okay. Ideally, what we do is once they get to be um, about two inches, an inch and a half to two inches... Um, we can then move them into um, our oyster beds. We mm-hmm. have two oyster beds currently, one in the town of Brookhaven, supported and um, managed by the town of Brookhaven, um, which is on the western side of Cubsack Park or the inlet. And the other one is in Southampton, which we work very closely with Cornell Cooperative. They're, they've been great partners with That's us. That's great. Um, so we have the, and we, we, once the oysters reach a certain size, we then take them out and we go and we, we put them in the bay. And again, we bring kids with us, we mm-hmm. bring, and they get to do it hand, they're hands on. So they get to take the oysters out of these bags. They get to throw them in the water and they get to come with us. When we go back the next year, we count them, we size them, we see what the survival rate is. We see what the growth rate is. Wow. This year we're really hoping, I mean, obviously we can continue to put oysters in the water and we can put. A million oysters in, but if they don't start to regenerate and to, you know, yeah. grow naturally, this is going to kind of be a redundant process. So our goal is to start to see some growth. And that happens when the water is clean enough. It happens after a certain amount of time that the oysters have been in the water and they've had time. Um, when the water starts to get cleaner, yes, it helps, but more importantly, um, the oysters, you know, we have to be cautious where you put oysters also. You can't necessarily put the oysters, as you to your point, in um, really dirty waters. So yeah. the beds have to be um, unrestricted. There needs to be, you know, there, there's a lot of licensing and a lot of paperwork and permitting that goes with that. Not anybody can just go So and you do can't, this. just because you own a home on the bay, you can't just start putting oysters in the water? Um, you're not supposed to. Okay. No. Um, we, we have a permit through Cornell and we have a permit through the Brookhaven town in order to do this. And every location that we get actually needs to be approved either by the town of Brookhaven or by the Southampton trustees. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try very hard to work with them. Yeah. And to um, make sure that all our I's are dotted and all our T's are crossed. And obviously the DEC is overseeing everything that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's very regulated. I mean, one of the things I always tell the kids is an oyster has a heart. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to remember that when you're caring for them and you're, you're 
you know, you're planting them and you're farming them um, because you need to care for it as if it's, you know, a live animal. Yeah. So, um, and again, with the kids, one of the things we do now that we put the farms in the water is we have different groups of kids that manage each farm. So, for example, in Mauritius, it's over at the Yacht Club. The Junior Yacht Club is responsible for managing and caring for that farm. That's great. From, you know, June through October. And they go weekly and they clean it. And and we ask them to write a little paragraph about how they look, take a picture and send it to us. Um, And the Flopsy is going to be managed by one of the Boy Scout troops. Oh. Um, Yeah, so every farm is managed. The the 906... um, Farm is managed by the kids from the from the BBPA group. So every farm is managed by different groups of people, um, where they can learn and grow, yeah. and then tell other people. It's a hands-on classroom. It really is a hands-on classroom. Yeah, and we do hands-on. Uh, demonstrations throughout the summer. When we set up the farms, we invite the community to come and help us set it up. So what we do is we have scientists from Cornell and our scientists, Dwight and Aram, normally will come. We'll set up the farm. We'll give them a little lecture on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And they get to actually build an oyster cage and bring it into the water and be a part of making our farms. Wow. So it really is very community-based. That's great. Um, Yeah. And it gives everyone a chance to get involved. It does. It gives everybody a chance to get involved. And I will say that I'm really, really seeing um, a nice increase in um, awareness this year. I've had a lot of people reach out to me saying, we want to get involved. We want to do something. So, um, you know, we're, we're really proud of that. Well, you guys did the hard part, got it up and running and, you know, it's been a labor of love, but you know, it's, we're, we're definitely starting to see it grow, which is wonderful because people care and that's important. Absolutely. I mean, this is our backyard. It is our backyard. You know, um, you either live, work or play on the Bay. We all have a responsibility to care for it. That's kind of what I say until I'm blue in the face, but I I really, I really believe it. Listen, I live on the Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe that I have a responsibility to make sure that I do whatever I can. And like I said earlier, I'm not a scientist. Right. So I don't necessarily understand all the scientific backings or the wordings. But the way to make a difference is by becoming aware. Yes. And And once you know, then you you can't unknow. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing we're doing is bringing awareness to an issue. I feel like we've given Mauritius Bay specifically a voice. Yeah. Um, Mauritius Bay, I'm not sure if if you realize, falls between two counties. It's between Southampton Town and Mm -hmm. and Brookhaven. Okay. So um, it's sort of the western end of Southampton and the eastern end of Brookhaven. So I don't want to say it's been neglected, but it's kind of not the focus. No man's land, yeah. So I feel what the Mauritius Bay Project has done is bring a voice to it, and that's something that um, I feel really proud about. Yeah, you should. Yeah. It's great. So Great work. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a loud mouth, so people... <laughs> not surprised. Um, we do have a couple of cool events coming up. Oh, well, what um, are they? We have an event. Yale University actually reached out to us and said that they, once a year, do a day of what they call service, a day of service, and they reach out to different um, local grassroots organizations and come out with about 50 or 60 people. That's pretty and major. Yeah, how, did, it's, how do you think Yale heard about you guys? I have no idea, but I don't know. Great. Awesome. I'm very happy. Um, they just, re, you know, I think one of the alumni um, actually was a local person who had heard about our organization and she reached out to me. So Excellent. we're going to do um, a day of service and everybody is welcome. It's on May 13th. It's going to start at 11 o'clock and we're going to do um, like little hour segments. When one For one hour, we'll make oyster cages. For one hour, we're going to work with eelgrass. One hour, we'll do uh, water monitoring. And what's eelgrass? 
Eelgrass is a grass that grows okay. in like, like a water grass. It's a water grass. And what it does, is it actually brings oxygen into the oh, water. Okay. So as a kid, if you grew up here, mm-hmm. you would go into the bay and there would be this gross, disgusting grass that would be all slimy yeah. and all around your legs. Mm-hmm. Well, now you go into the bay and you don't see that. Or if you were a boater, it would get stuck in your engine. And most of the time you'd be like cursing that right. this grass was destroying your boat engine. But because the oxygen is being drained from the waters because of the bad pollutants, uh, the oxygen is going away. That's why there's no fish. That's right. why, you know, so all the plant life is dying. So we've been working with a great group um, to start to rebuild um, the eelgrass. And we have two beds. Um, and this is going to be the first year we're going to try to do some data analyzing on it. And um, again, it's a group that we get the kids involved and they get to come out and they get to weave eelgrass into these burlap um, discs. Uh-huh. And we like to put about 12 uh, shoots of eelgrass into each disc so that then it can be planted almost as an anchor into the bottom of the bay. Oh. Um, so you have to have a diving certificate and you have to be, you know, be approved. But then we have divers. Um, mm-hmm. Dwight is one of them that can come and take these eelgrass burlap sacks and uh, plant them into the bottom of the uh, to the bay. Wow. Yeah, it's a really cool, and we're hoping to see, again, um, some nice growth. Last year, we did see some growth, mm-hmm. but things, you know, it takes time, and if you have a really cold winter, you have a really bad winter, you know, everything that you've done could get wiped out. Yeah. So far, we've been really, really lucky. We've seen some great growth in our oyster beds. We've had an 80% survival rate, which is apparently really good. Great. So the two bed locations that we have are in good spots. There's good water flow. There's a hard ground. So all of those things really help to, you know, the achievement of good, healthy, strong oysters. Yeah, that's excellent. Yes, so that so Yale Day of Service, that's May 13th? May 13th, and, and everybody is welcome. Here, 906. We're going to meet at 906 Dune Road, and um, Best Market is going to um, supply a, a little breakfast. Oh, that's great. And then Bowie One, and if you haven't seen Bowie One's um, renovations, you really should go over and take a look at it. It's incredible. Um, they're going to do a little happy hour for us. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, we're, again, community helping community. And Absolutely. I will say there's a lot of community businesses that are very supportive of this project, so we're very fortunate. That's great. And then the next event we're doing, we're doing what we call um, an educational uh, breakfast. Um, Ray Dowd, a community um, resident of West Hampton, holds this for us. This will be our fourth breakfast. Mm. Um, He um, opens his home up, and he's right on the bay, and we hold um, classes. And we make oyster cages, and we kind of talk to the kids or adults, whoever is interested, about the importance of oyster farming while they're eating a bagel or a juice and a cup of coffee. Nice. So it's very casual. That is um, Saturday Memorial Day weekend. Starts at 9 o'clock or 9.30, and it goes for a couple of hours, depending on how people and are around. where is he located? Oh, sorry. He's at 65 Stevens Lane in West Hampton Beach. And um, if anybody needs to... Check this out. They can um, go on the website. Absolutely. All that information is on the Merch's Bay Absolutely, website. Absolutely, yes. And then lastly, we are hosting our biggest um, Save the Bay um, third annual Oyster Fling. Um, that is a really, really fun party. Um, I'm coming. Ew, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> Bring all your friends. Um, this party, this fundraising event allows us to do everything that we do. We don't charge for any of our events. We don't charge for any of the educational school events that we do, library events we do, Boy Scout groups that we do. And it all costs money. Mm-hmm. All the materials cost money. All of us do it free of our time, free free time. Right. Um, 
So the one thing we do do is our big oyster fling, um, and it's a lot of fun. I promise you, you will have fun. Absolutely. So hopefully we can um, see you all out there. That's on uh, June 24th, 7 p.m. through 10 p.m. at 28 Stacey Drive. And there will definitely be posters out in the next week or two, and you can get all the information you need on our website. Yeah, so, I mean, you can get involved as much or as little as you have time and in, for. And in multiple ways. In if so many different ways. If you want to get your hands done and you want to help manage an oyster farm or join in on taking care of an oyster farm, you can do that. Yep. If you want to do eelgrass um, planting or you feel like that's where your passion is, you can get involved there. And if you want to just come for a cocktail party, if, you can do that too. And we're fine for that too. <laughs> <laughs> we know you all, you're fine to do that too. We, we like to see support. We like to see um, people come out and support our project. Um, it, it really encourages us to want to continue what we're doing. It Absolutely. motivates us to want to continue to do yeah. what we do. You don't want to be doing this and no one cares. You know? Well, I said to Aram, I said, okay, fine, I'll try it. But if no one comes, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> so, so far, people are coming. People yeah. are interested. Yeah. People seem to be receptive to it. So Absolutely. Anyone, we'll continue doing what we do as long as people want to come. we got to preserve the beauty of the east end of Long Island. We do. I mean, we have some of the most beautiful bays in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to a lot of different places in this world, and I have never been impressed as I am with the beaches on Long Island and the bays on Long Island. Yeah, so and you get to see it every day. Every day. We're very fortunate. And we need to we need to care for it. I agree. Well, thank you so much. Thank I you for letting it. me talk about absolutely. And like I said, if you want to get more involved, then just go on to marichesbayproject.org and check it out. Mm-hmm. And if you don't live on the east end of Long Island, you can get involved in something locally near you just by. Feel free to call or email us, and we can get you um, involved with somebody in your local area. That's awesome. There's a lot of organizations like us in this world, and we we believe in partnering with all of them. Good. I'll just try to walk each other I believe the water is all connected. It is. So we all need to be connected to the bigger voice we have, the bigger we'll be able to to make a difference. Perfect. That's the perfect way to end the segment. Thank Thank you you very much, much, Jen, for your time. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, Take care, work hard, have fun. Peace.